0: This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to the Double Feature Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Roberts, and I'm joined this week after a long absence. Chao Suan is back. Hello. Hello. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's March, the last time we had you on. It's crazy how long it's yeah. been here. But, you know, if you want to neglect us, that's fine. Anyway, Ooh. this week is something of a Crazy Rich Asians reunion, because, well, let's get into the first one. First up is a new trailer for Last Christmas has been released. Obviously, this is a bit of a Christmas film. It stars Khaleesi and Nicholas Yang yep. from Crazy Rich Asians, a.k.a. Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. Henry Golding's I th- must be his first role after. I can't think of anything else he's been in. Nothing notable, anyway. So anyway, mm-hmm. this is quite a, a big deal because it's directed by Bridesmaids Paul Feig. Mm-hmm. It's, it has a screenplay by Emma Thompson, the Oscar-winning Emma Thompson, who's famous for being Emma Thompson, uh, who also stars in it as Amelia Clarke's comedy Polish mother, or Eastern European mother, I should say. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is mm-hmm. also in it, sporting uh, an odd accent. A really weird put-on Asian accent. So, I mean, why are we bringing this up? The other thing is that this new trailer really uh, pushes the idea that this is featuring the music of George Michael, hence Last Christmas. Although the only other track that we hear in it is Freedom 90. This is not like Bohemian Rhapsody. This is just like it happens to feature the music of George Michael and it's taken its name from a big hit of his. Yeah,
1: uh, I don't really know what the deal is with the Mm. George Michael thing because I mean I can't see how that would be super relevant to the film either it looks
0: I mean this is standard Christmas (laughs) rom-com I get a heavy kind of preacher's wife vibe from it if you remember preacher's wife Denzel Whitney Mm -hmm. okay there looks as though there's a twist in this thing along the way but your first impressions would you watch this film does as a rom-com does it entice you it's got a pedigree but does it entice you
1: I feel like the trailer really does make it look like a super typical rom-com right it's like girl has a ton of problems guy shows up basically magics all these problems away
0: but I she's a mess she uh, alienates everyone it seems but he's just charm personified
1: right it kind of almost reminds me of Bridget Jones's diary a little bit in what way in the fact that it's a Christmas rom-com, it's like it fits perfectly into that mode of girls are an absolute mess. This charmer, you know, perfect prince charming type, type guy just appears out of nowhere and makes her life better. Mm. So that's like that's like the first impression I get from the trailer. But because of its pedigree and how like, you know, obviously it's, it it suggests a twist. I might watch it because of that.
0: Cause then well, I'm, in the trailer, uh, she points out that the Christmas before, she almost died. And you see her on the gurney. And being wheeled into hospital. Now, there also seems to be something about Henry Golding. About why does she keep on bumping into him? What is his connection with her? Why is he so charming? Why is he so willing to take on this kind of kooky mess of a girl?
1: Yeah, and it's like the movie suggests that she never manages to contact him. They just meet coincidentally every now and again. All the time. Yeah, so, I mean...
0: Well, I don't know. I'm not going to spoil it here, but... Go watch the trailer. Make your own assumptions. But bear in mind what the first two lines of the George Michael song are.
1: Do you want to give us a little recap?
0: (coughs) (laughs) I'm going to sing, folks. No. no, no. Anyway, it's basically last Christmas, I give you my heart. Where can you go from there? Take it
1: literally if you must.
0: Would you go see it? He seems to be charming. I mean, it's weird to see things on Twitter and other eminent reviewers from around the world uh, certainly of the female variety who seem absolutely besotted with the guy he could be huge
1: you know what I think of Henry Golding I don't, I mean I don't think he's that handsome but I must say he's more appealing in this one than he was in Crazy Rich
0: Asians so who knows I mean in this one, this is next Hugh Grant territory yep this could take him, I mean, Crazy Rich Asians, again, it, it, he didn't seem to skyrocket after it. I mean, obviously his profile raised. I think this could send him off into the stratosphere.
1: Yeah, because this one like really puts him firmly in chick flick territory. Like like you said, Nick's Hugh Grant kind of thing.
0: Hey, look, if people start to find Colin Firth attractive after Bridget Jones's diary, <laughs> then sure, rom-coms can do anything.
1: I feel like that's a dig at me. But will you watch it? I mean, being a
0: guy. I I don't know something about. If it's got enough charm, I. uh, (laughs) If it's got enough charm, I could be swayed. I do. I don't mind a decent rom com. It's also Emma Thompson, and Paul Feig. I mean, Paul Feig, Paul Feig, Paul Feig. I can't remember which one, but he. I mean, he's a really good director for these things. It'll get me in a seat. So, anyway, let's find out. Anyway, let's continue this Crazy Rich Asians reunion. Because next up is Constance Wu. As As, like, the lead female actress, too, of a
1: film. Yeah. That has nothing to do with Crazy Rich Asians.
0: Yeah, the Asian thing doesn't come into it, which is also refreshing. But this is Hustlers. Now, I don't know about you, this is not as wide a release as I thought it would be. If you're like me and you saw the posters and you see... J-Lo as well, Jennifer Lopez. You think of what Jennifer Lopez's over is, which is kind of like uh, gutsy women fighting against the world versus, uh, alternated with rom-coms every so often. A lot or of rom-coms. included with rom-coms. Yeah, and you think, oh, it's about uh, girls in a strip club, you know, strippers trying to make it in the world. That's not what the film is. Well, it is, but that's not everything that the film is.
1: I see what you mean. It does come across as a bit of a... Trashy.
0: The average male moviegoer is not going to go to a Jennifer Lopez film. That's true.
1: It, generally. It, it comes across more mean girls than what it really is, which I think is more Ocean's Eight. Like it's got the gutsy, smart woman who's like, you know.
0: I would say it's closer to a distaff version of Goodfellas. I see that. Okay, so just the basics of it. Constance Wu is a newbie stripper at this club called Moves. She's quickly taken under the wing of Jennifer Lopez, who's like, she's a veteran stripper.
1: She's like the big sister.
0: Yeah. And the main clientele of this club is Wall Street jerks. So they're super rich and they're really easy to get money from because you just have to go up, do a lap dance. Everything's peachy. Everything's wonderful. Cut to 2008. There's a Wall Street crash. Suddenly, the bottom falls out of this world and the world of the stripper is no longer as fun so Constance Wu, Jennifer Lopez mastermind this thing along with uh, Kiki Palmer and L- Lily Reinhardt as two of the younger strippers to scam money out of these Wall Street guys and the basis being these guys are not going to complain because they don't want to be found out that they've been going to strippers and stuff like that yeah. it's based on a true story, it's our I mean, it's no spoiler to say things don't go completely to plan. And, yeah, it's a really good film. I was surprised how good it was.
1: Yeah, it was surprisingly good. Like, it was funny. It was emotional. And it also just had, like, the perfect pacing. It was so energetic. It was so fun. Like, you really bought into the friendship. You bought into the whole, like, world of glitz and glam. And, you know, you, you felt what they wanted you to feel, I thought.
0: There's a conceit that Constance Wu is being interviewed by a journalist, many years later. So in some way she is an unreliable narrator. So it's the early stuff, pre-2008, everything is wonderful. Which is why it's it's a bit of an odd, I mean it's a very kind of chaste depiction of a strip club, but in her world the, everything was wonderful. It's like all girls together, everyone got on, everyone's making great amount of money, you know she can pay off, uh, she can buy a flat, she can help pay off her grandmother's debts she even gets a really good car
1: he laughed so hard at that scene
0: I mean the reason I laughed at that scene is because well they start dancing in, in the car and then it pulls out and shows that they're in the showroom and then the thing I really like about this film that works really well is that there are no good looking men in it all the men are kind of like regular Joes kind of schlubby kind of ordinary looking you know hey I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I was casting a film, it would be this film. I was just like, ah, oh, hi, hi. You know, th- these guys who are just easily, easily seduced, just with a few, you know, a pretty girl just says a few things and, oh,
1: yeah, okay, I'll go along with that. They're generally and, quite unsympathetic, I think.
0: Yeah. And so these guys, are, there's just two guys kind of like nodding along as Jennifer Lopez and uh, Constance who are dancing in the car to Brittany.
1: Yeah, they they look a little too excited for being in a car showroom.
0: Well, the, I mean, easily distracted, <laughs> like all the guys in this film.
1: Which is basically how men work, anyway. What do you mean? Um, no comment. But going back to the thing you were saying about having it be, f- be from her perspective, I actually that's what I really liked about it because I feel like there's so many films that try to tell the real side of stripping, which is like all the grit and all the pain and all the you know misery. But I actually feel like this film. It told the perspective. I mean, she herself said it. You know, like I, I, I want to remove the stigma of, of of stripping and and you know how people all view it as like this CD thing. Mm. I actually thought that the fact that they wanted to show it from the perspective of a stripper and you know have it really be so fun and enjoyable and having have it be also peachy, I and think that, that makes it realistic.
0: And that they're in control of everything.
1: But that's how they feel, probably. You know.
0: Well, yeah, because later on, uh, they're not in control anymore, and it becomes harder because. Uh, When Constance returns to the club a few years later, post uh, Wall Street crash, uh, it's very different. So, well, most of the girls are Russian. Uh, She gets told that they've removed the cameras from most of the private rooms, which means that the guys are even lechier. Lechier? Lechier lecher. More lecherous. More lecherous, even, yes. Thanks, brain.
1: (laughs) And, like, yeah, and it, it, it's revealed that now they can do all the things that used to be forbidden, so, like, sexual favours and touching and all the yeah, stuff that...
0: Yeah, yeah, so, the, I mean, they are just the worst, which is what spurs them to want to actually get out of this. And, I mean, there's, it's similar to, well, obviously, The Big Short is a reference point because, you know, it's it doesn't paint the Wall Street guys as sympathetic to
1: but in a way, like it was good because it was told from the strippers' perspective, so they didn't dwell on the morality of it. You know, it didn't become a slow, draggy film about like the morality of strippers. It was. It generally just showed how they lived their lives, and I thought that was.
0: Well, this is where the Goodfellas thing comes in because there's parts where, Constance was narrating like how things worked, and it is just like those scenes in Goodfellas where, uh, Henry Hill or Ray, Ray Liotta, uh is narrating, how Robert De Niro. Directs these scam operations by these kind of low-level mafia dudes. And in this, I mean, Jennifer Lopez is the Robert De Niro character.
1: And she was... To some
0: extent, because she leads. And she doesn't just lead in the story. She dominates this film. She is brilliant in this. And you buy her personality.
1: You buy that she's the leader. You buy that the girls respect her. Yeah. You know, like, it's nothing about... And that's what I thought was fantastic. Nothing about her felt put on. It yeah. didn't feel like it was... I forgot she was J-Lo, which is really hard to do. Wow. You know, like, throughout the film, it. I felt that I still couldn't really stop seeing Constance Wu as Constance Wu from, you know, Fresh Off the Boat era. But J-Lo, like, you completely forgot that she had anything outside of it. You bought into her character. You're convinced that that was who she was.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great, great performance. And you should go just to watch j yeah. in this because, yeah, it's, it's such a magnificent performance. She is, I mean, okay, Jennifer Lopez is 50 and she still looks, <laughs> oh, wow. And, I mean, it's kind of brave in a way. Hey, look, I mean, she's got a great body. I mean, she looks know?
1: fantastic. She looks not a day over 30.
0: Look, if you haven't seen Out of Sight, do yourself a favor and see Out of Sight. Because for me... The fact that she went into these kind of like uh, more cliche rom-coms was a great shame because in Out of Sight, where she plays uh, the the Marshal, she's got such a connection with George Clooney's character. And she's brilliant. And there's no point. They are two equals on the screen in Out of Sight. And I urge you to go see it. It's a brilliant, brilliant film. This is like a return to that. And I think it's so good. You don't want to say, oh, it's worth an Oscar, but... I'd be surprised if she's not. This is, this is an amazing performance from her. Yeah. And it, it, it hits on every level. And bearing in mind that you're kind of watching it from the perspective of an unreliable narrator. So at some point, her personality will change to go with how the narrator feels about her. I won't go much further into it because this film deserves to be seen. It's a great film. Um, it's I should give a as we say, is shout-out. Is that what the kids say these days? A shout-out? Anyway, let's do a shout-out to the director and screenwriter, in this case, uh, Lorna Scafaria. She directed Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, which is one of the greatest, greatest films about uh, a night out when you're early 20s, late teens, and also it's got great heart as well because it's a romance that... God, I mean... You even accept Michael Cera as a, a romantic lead in it, which is amazing.
1: It's probably one of the best romance films, I think. Contemporary romance films. Yeah. You, you buy I, it.
0: I, I, you buy all the characters. Uh, she also did a film called uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. But again, a film of infinite charm, wonderful moments, and great music. Again, it's Hustlers, really good use of music along the way. I can't wait to see what she does next now because, yeah, three films that I regularly return to. Okay, so two films I regularly return to and now a third that I, I can see myself going back to. Because it's a, a bit of a masterclass for me as well. If you want to know how to direct a film and, with pace and energy all the way through.
1: The whole movie keeps up this high energy the whole time. Like you just don't feel bored or tired or that it's too slow, too fast, it's perfect. If if the film's done one thing right, it's it's the pacing. I think.
0: Yeah, casting and pacing. I'd say.
1: Not a not a huge Constance Wu fan, but. Well, I but generally okay.
0: I like that she's not that sympathetic a character.
1: I feel like the really emotional scenes, like the acting acting scenes, she was fantastic. But as a whole, I didn't buy the party girl in her. Like she she felt like uh, she constantly felt like she was playing a stripper rather than. Being a stripper, if that makes sense, whereas J Lo embraced it sort of.
0: No, but I I mean that's what I took from it that she's Mm. she is just acting out the stripper role, you know. So when Jennifer Lopez, who is more ingrained with this thing, she's been doing it longer. She knows how to do all the moves. She can do these pole moves in a quite an amazing sequence. (laughs) It's just like, wow, she can really do that. She can really move, yeah, and yeah it's just like second nature to it where for the Constance Wu character or Destiny as she's called you do feel that yeah she's putting it on more she's a bit awkward well I wouldn't say awkward I'd just say that she's um, it's a facade for her and again you know, when they go into the little life of crime then she plays that as well and that is where we're going to leave it will you go see this one again For sure.
1: I left the cinema thinking I need to see it again.
0: Okay, and that goes double for me. Yeah, go see Hustlers. It's on too limited a release, I feel. But, yeah, good time. Had by all. And if you're able to see it, do check out Out of Sight as well. From 1998, 21 years ago. Although, obviously, Jennifer Lopez has seems to have barely aged since then. Yeah.
1: Not she can Uh, tell, but someone's a bit of a JLo fanboy here. Oh,
0: just a bit envy of her amazing skill at not aging. But, yeah, I mean, on a superficial level, she's gorgeous. What is there not to like about JLo? All right, fair enough. Anyway, (laughs) thank you very much for joining me, Sue Thanks for having me. It was fun. And thank you to you at home for listening. Do join us again for another little feature next time. And if you're listening on Apple podcast, Google podcast, or indeed Spotify. Do like, rate and reviewers. Every little helps. And until another double feature, next time goodbye. Bye-bye. Let's go dancing. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts,
1: and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightscience.com and bt.sg